We're going to get way into news uh, next week. I'm going to be out, uh, heads up, for about three days, and we're going to do best of. And I'll I'll tell you, on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, uh, I'm going to be in for Clay and Buck. Uh, And that is an amazing opportunity uh, to do some live radio, which will be fun on a very big national basis. And also to talk a bit about the podcast and to steer new people here. And I'm deeply, deeply thankful uh, to iHeart and, and the guys playing Buck for this and Craig uh, Kitchen. And in fact, the whole team there. It's just an enormous amount of fun uh, to be reconnected with those guys. So we're going to dig into news and we'll get very serious next week. In fact, well, later today, we've got Zach coming on. And we'll have some fun. We'll talk some Christmas, but uh, there's so much in finance to talk about. So what if we talk about some things we can do together? And what if we make a point of deciding to do them? See, I I could go right straight to news, and I could talk about the fact that um, we now know that the FBI was not the only, well, and we knew this, but now we've got proof that the United States military was helping themselves to Twitter and that Twitter was helping to promote uh, the United States military's propaganda. Now, in the olden days, we might look at that and say, well, that's okay. It's the voice of America. But... With General Austin and Millie, Austin so utterly corrupt, and Millie corrupt psychologically, and how our military is being used, and what retired General Jerry Boykin, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin told us, that it's corrupted by the, um, the Chinese Communist Party all the way to the top, and what... Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Miller, who has been forced out of the military because he refused the uh, the injections, what he told us. I'm not excited that the United States military, the Department of Defense, was helping themselves to this huge social media platform. I'm not excited at all. So we could talk about that. We can talk about the $1.7 bucks that Mitchell McConnell's excited about that's that's not going to change our border. In fact, it's going to open it further. There is, I think, $335 billion for surveillance efforts to prevent a flu. We could talk about that. We could talk about Mitchell McConnell, speaking of Mitch. You know what he says? The number one of uh, uh, number one party of, of American Republicans is want to know Ukraine. Do you know anyone? Anyone? Any Republican for whom that's the top priority? Anybody? What he means is his team. So we could talk about that. But instead, why don't we talk about things we can do? Simple things at the click of a button. To help America, to help our souls. I believe we can do that with the help of our friends from Bulwark Capital Management at KnowYourRiskRadio.com. The 
Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times to which God has decided we shall live. And it is in times such as these that I want to remind all of us that there are great, great teachers working in the background. There are godly teachers, and they're getting a break right now, many of them. Christmas break, or I'm sure in their profession, it's certainly not a Christmas break. It must probably not holiday, because the root word of that is holy. And there are teachers who don't yet know the Lord, who are trying to do a good job on our schools. And meanwhile, as we talked about yesterday, we have people like Sam Brinton, who is, according to an expert on pedophiles and and uh, psychopathy, uh, he, John Euler, told us yesterday that he thinks Sam Brinton is is a psychopath. And for every psychopath, there are good people. Uh, just today, I had a friend of mine ask me, uh, they were they were joking around with me uh, about, I was afraid of getting hurt again. Not I wasn't afraid, but I was just making note of the fact that, hey, I'm putting the backpack on and I'm going to go hiking in the ice and the snow and I hope I don't slip and, and screw myself up again. And they were just joking with me. One of my friends texted me later and, and said, hey, did that go too far? Just compassion, empathy, that still exists. You know, there is uh, news out of California. And it just continues to get worse there. Now it's it's effectively legal. And they say otherwise, but you can read the bill for yourself and the law now. It's it's effectively legal for grown men to carry out their sexual desires in the bodies of, of, of little boys. Effect, effectively legal. And that's the end game, as, as we heard about yesterday from John Euler. And, and there are people out of their own hearts who fight to protect children. Some of them are never known. There's the janitor in the school. And I know this story personally. There's the janitor in the school who took a, a, a young girl, 15 years old, aside and said... I saw you in the mall with a man. He is not a nice man. And here's how I know he is not a nice man. Because I see him with a lot of girls. And I know what he's trying to do. And I wonder if you might need to talk to somebody. And she did. And so he helped her do that. The janitor. My uncle was a janitor. Intelligence comes in all forms of jobs. My uncle Richard loved his job. Loved it. Enjoyed being around the kids. Loved. Loved fixing things. Big problems and little. That's America. That's the way God would have us act. So for every bit of challenging news we do on the show, we do that all year, and we'll get back to it. I promise. 
I also want us to remember, in our midst, there are people who are fighting to do the right thing. And I'm really interested as to how this show came about. You're about to hear from about, you're here from one London, and you're going to hear about another London. One London needs your help to not die. Her parents are, are, are veterans, been deployed twice. In fact, her stepdad and mother are veterans. Her father is a veteran. She needs your help to fight cancer. My friend Kelly's going to talk to us about that. Her name is London. And then uh, a woman I've gotten to know a little bit, I'd say we're friends over the years, Abby London came from a background that is the most Borg-like in the world, the background of music in Seattle. Popular music. About as leftist as you can get. Well, Abby London has been red-pilled for some time. And she's got a new record out. See, I'm an old guy. Talk about records. And the songs have great meaning, and I happen to love the songs. And she's speaking out. She's not quiet about who she is and not quiet about her love of God, which is wildly unpopular in the circles of musicians in Seattle. You can imagine that she's been kicked out of the circles and is persona non grata, but she doesn't stop. And I think you're going to really like her uh, and the music. So two very simple things. We can help a young girl fight cancer for and and this isn't her first rodeo with this it's sadly not even her second or third and we can help abby london grow as an artist like those are some of the things we can do so i am expecting another probably uh three pounds of fat loss this week and what i'm shooting for is a long-term goal and it is it, it isn't necessarily something i i know i'm going to do uh, it's something I think I want to do. I think I want to experience life at 8% body fat. And, and many of the people I know have told me, for you, that's way, way too light. Your body your body type, your body type's not going to work that way. You're going to be weak. I don't think you're going to like it. So we're going to think you're going to, you're going to probably want to stop around 10 or 12. Okay. We'll see how that feels. And when I'm entering into this, I'm doing it in the holidays. Well, that's madness. Except it's not. If what's holding you back from entering a program to drop the unwanted fat you need to know you need to drop from your body, if it's that you want to eat a bunch of food, I want to invite you to think about where food exists in your, in, in your life. Um, t- to be radical about it, sometimes foods becomes an idol. It did for me. <laughs> it did for me. It, it, it replaced a bunch of pain. Or I should say it helped me deal with a bunch of pain instead of turning to God. And I'm not accusing you. It it might be that. It might be that it's the form of pleasure you have. It might be. If that's the case, that makes me feel sad. But it might be. It might be that tradition is so, so important to you that you can't imagine Christmas without a great big meal. In that case... You can eat that meal and stay on track. I'm going to have a Christmas meal. This weekend, I'm going to go to my beloved pizza place. 
I have techniques on how to have that not affect my fat loss. Soda Weight Loss will teach you those techniques. They will help you lose the unwanted fat. They'll help you with convenience foods and weigh-ins and chats with nutritionists. They'll help you with accountability weigh-ins. They'll help you. They'll help you with the tricks of the trade to keep it off because that's most important. You know, there's this old cliche that they used to say in the sales tapes. You know, success is like a train. You can get on any, get off any time you want, but you got to get on the ride. Yeah, that's actually a cliche because it's true. What's What would hold you back from going to sodaweightloss.com? That's sodaweightloss.com. If it's the food holding you back, are you sure it's that important? So as I mentioned, when I think of, um, you know, we talk about the schools, et cetera, and I, I want to be thankful for good, godly teachers doing the right thing. I often think of my friend Kelly Kiki, who's much more than that, served our country in the Coast Guard and just a great mentor for young people and been a friend uh, for far too long. We're way too old, Kelly. Uh, welcome to the Todd Herman Show. It's so good to have you here, my friend. Yes, Todd, man. It's a pleasure. Um, it's always good to see you and uh, get a chance to talk to you. Uh, being, you know, obviously lo- lifelong buddies all the way back from high school, which, as you said, we are getting older, that's for sure. Uh, but I see that as a blessing, a blessing, and as I'm sure you do. Uh, before we begin, Todd, though, um, I want to say thank you, man. Uh, I'm a president of Veterans Community Response, a local um, nonprofit here in Spokane that serves our our veterans, our combat veterans. And I know I called upon you and in turn called upon your audience here um, about six months ago for a man who is a uh, 42-month combat veteran, uh, Roland, and uh, lost the use of both of his legs in an accident in the backyard with his children watching. And we stood with him uh, until he was able to stand again. And your audience uh, coming together with their prayers, uh, support, man, that was one of the most amazing things I've seen. And I just want to start off by saying thank you, which leads me into why we're here today, helping um, uh, some veterans and uh, active military families here today. Yeah. And uh, thank you for that, Kelly. That was an honor to be involved with that. And and this audience loves our loves our veterans uh, absolutely dearly and for the right reasons. So uh, there is a little girl and her folks, uh, like the military folks, they need help. And you've known this little girl. Her name is London. Um, and I know she's right now. Uh, number one, we need we need to be praying for her and, and for wisdom for doctors and uh, for the strength of the Holy Spirit and the uh, uh, God would um, see fit to serve his glory uh, by helping her overcome uh, what is one of many, many challenges. So uh, briefly, Kelly, tell us about London, how you know her, then let's uh, work into what she and her family are struggling with this Christmas season. Yeah, Todd, uh, London, not only is Jason and Shelby, Shelby's mom, uh, Jason's stepdad, uh, they were our neighbors. Um, boy, it's been almost uh back in 2012 about there. And um, I got to know them well. Jason and Shelby are both in the Air National Guard. Um, Both have served deployments. And London, when I first met her, she was experiencing um, the first battle with cancer. And as a five-year-old girl, and it was just uh, heartbreaking to see this, how young she was, but at the same time, how strong this kid was in that process. And, of course, London's sister's brother, 
um, they were friends with my children because they were just right across the street. And to be able to be there alongside the family uh, was a very powerful gift and lesson, not only for myself as a man, but for my children as well. And Nick is dad, Bowater. Dad is um, lives in Florida right now, but he's active duty at the end of his career. Um, a seer instructor. I mean, these people are, the, are solid people of the earth and love our country and serve our country on a daily basis. And and uh, so when, when they're gone in a way, sometimes um, you, you rely on neighbors, right? And community. And that's kind of where my family is really became part of their family. And to watch London go from, as I said, Todd, this is her at 16. She just turned 16 at, um, last Monday, and I got the chance to go to the roller rink to watch her just wheel around that rink. And just like she never had ever gone through any treatment, let alone she's in her fourth battle as we speak right now with um, acute lumbastic uh, leukemia. Good Lord. And so the battle is, uh, it's just on all fronts. And uh, you've described London to me. You said, Kelly, that she, in your mind, uh, displays everything good in God's grace. Uh, Absolutely, Todd. She, you know, life is that balance between love and fear. And love is definitely that which God calls us to do and be. uh, With fear is that opposite end of the spectrum. And, you know, fear... It exhausts us. It steals our energy, our resources for things that which we're supposed to enjoy in life. And this little girl, I have never seen her with fear. Uh, she's always there in a sense of godly love. And, and just, again, Monday, just hours before we're at the roller rink, she got baptized. Oh, thank the Lord. And yeah, and she, but it's it's crazy. My mind, all the time I've known her, I swear she has been walking with the Lord the entire time. Um, so it was pretty emotional to have Bomb Shelby tell me that story just the other day, and it yeah. made sense. Which I think that both the kids, one of them said when asked why are you getting baptized, and she just said that because Jesus asked me to. Oh, and uh, yeah, so that's really that that essence of of her walk, man, is just every day, um, every breath and the way she has fought this. And if your audience is known, which at this point of our lives, I mean, we all know someone who's battled cancer and to know what it does to the body. Um, but it doesn't do to the mind and the spirit, which is London's kept this entire time. And trust me, talking with mom, especially, um, it has been a powerful gift for London strength because um, mom needs it. It's hard. I mean, it's a hard thing as a parent. I don't know this, but I watch her talk to her how hard it is to go through this. And, um, I, you know, I'll tell you right now, Todd, that I'm going to talk to you today as, as we are right now, as if London is listening, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, then uh, let's, okay. you know, look, I mean, it'd be easy enough for London to listen uh, so why don't we just go right off with this uh, uh, note to this young woman? Um, hey, London, I've known Kelly uh, most of our lives. Uh, we've been friends, and I know him to be a man of integrity and a man who who will not lie. Um, and I know him to be a man who the Lord has filled with incredible energy to serve. Um, so I know everything he's saying about you is true. And right now, um, there are a bunch of people that are going to just, if they're not driving, we're going to just uh, pray for you. 
and and pray that the Lord uh, will just be with you. Uh, the Holy Spirit will fill you. Um, and that if it's God's will, that he will just, he will strike this cancer from you and, uh, fill the doctors with wisdom and also let you know that you have a home and you have parents who love you. You all clearly have a community who loves you. You have a God who loves you and he has prepared a place for you. And, and it's, we don't want you to go there. We were, we would miss you too much. And I know Kelly and his family would, uh, we don't want that to be the outcome. And if it is, God has made a place for you. And, oh, is he going to welcome you? And, man, are you going to sit with the Lord Jesus? And let's not have that be this time. Uh, let's uh, ask God to glorify himself through this, that that he would heal you. Uh, and we ask this in the name of uh, the Lord Jesus. And, Kelly, there's something else we can do uh, as a group. And this you know, this comes with financial burdens. Uh, it really does. So um, what do they need and how can we gather and um, and all of us together present a Christmas gift to this family? Yeah, Todd, absolutely. Thank you for the prayer and the thoughts on that. Um, <clears throat> the holidays, um, man, they're a difficult time. Uh, joyous time, absolutely, but they're a difficult time for so many people. Um, you know, I have a friend of mine I, I just lost, not to go somewhere else, just to, uh, just a brief comment here, that um, I just lost a friend of 30 years, my hunting brother, and um, he died at 89, uh, long life, lived a good life, but his wife of 69 years has been texting her a lot and, and she's struggling right. in this yeah. time of year being without her best friend. And, and sometimes holidays are hard. And when it comes into, um, not knowing where the next day is going to go with, with London's family, mom and dad. Um, and then both mom, um, Jason or mom, Shelby and Jason stepdad, they both, um, are air national guards. So they're, they're not active duty. So they have jobs that they do every day. And mom works at a hospital as a nurse and she's going to have to starting the day after Christmas. That's when they leave to go to Seattle's children's hospital to fight this battle. And she's going to have to be away from her job for, we don't know how long at this point. And that's a financial burden on his family. And that's the last thing a family should worry about when, when fighting this battle is the uh, finances. And so I have told them that I will stand with them in this. And so I created a GoFundMe page for London to raise the money that we, that they need to uh, get through this without any worry of financial obligations. So, um, I've turned to as many friends as I can in this process to have them stand with us and stand with London and their family as I've turned to you, Todd, and, and you've always stood with me in the, in the battles that I've asked, so I appreciate that. Well, then uh, there's a link to that uh, here in the show notes, and uh, I'm in – the Todd Herman Show is in for 1000 bucks. Um, oh, Todd, and, thank uh, you. I'm going to choose to do that through another giving platform I'm going to talk to you about because what uh, GoFundMe has done to some, uh, some friends of ours, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'll make sure you get the money. Um, so I know a lot of my listeners will want that alternative, uh, Christian alternative, uh, giving platform, uh, but we'll get the money. We'll, we'll just not make that stand in the way. So we're in for a thousand bucks and I, now I challenge anyone who, uh, listens to the cast who's been blessed, uh, the way I have. And our family has, I challenge you to step with a thousand bucks. And if you can't do a thousand, do, do 20. Uh, and, and by the way, um, let's leave notes. Uh, yeah, I think it's super important. In fact, you know, it's a funny thing. Uh, there was a Harvard study uh, that they ran uh, about a decade or so ago where they tested prayer and they set out to prove that, that prayer is nonsense and it doesn't work. So they took people with serious illness and they split them into some groups. There were people who were prayed for and knew it. 
uh, people who were prayed for and didn't know it and people who were not prayed for. And the group that was prayed for and knew it got far better results. Uh, The group that was prayed for and didn't know it got better results. The group that was not prayed for was on the bottom. And they decided that the test uh, involved inaccuracies and some bias, and it couldn't have possibly turned out to be the case. So they did it again. And again, the results. And so the, the, the analysis from the people who ran it is it couldn't be the prayer. So it must be something else, but it's an interesting data point. Of course, it was the prayer. And yeah. of course, when we turn to the Holy Spirit, we turn to the Lord. Uh, of course, um, he, he can decide to heal. He's done it. Well, the Lord Jesus, you know, walked the earth healing people when he decided that it would serve the glory of God. Or whether the father decided and decided to, to okay that. So this stuff works. And uh, I can tell you guys, uh, podcast family, from a long, long experience that you would work really hard to find a guy who spends more time outside of work um, in real helping people ways of, of the sort of charity that the Lord Jesus displayed. So when I think about my friend Kelly, I don't think I've ever seen a week go by where he's not doing something for someone else in the same way that the Lord um, had modeled for us. So we're in and uh, I, uh, uh, yeah. I, I will continue to pray for London and her family. And um, I always want to thank you for serving our country in the Coast Guard. Glad you, uh, glad that was a meaningful thing for you. I know it was. No, I, I, it was all my gift. I'll tell you that, Todd. It was a gift to serve our country, and I love it every moment. And I share it with as many people as I can, of course. So thank you. Yeah. And uh, to those generation of kids who've been touched by Kelly, uh, the teacher, uh, you know his heart. And, um, well, we appreciate you, brother, and Merry Christmas to you, and, and Merry Christmas to, well, Merry Christmas to the entire podcast family, and, and we'll, um, we'll work to make sure that this thing turns out the right way with, uh, with the grace of God. Yes, and thank you, Todd. I'll be praying for you as well in your mission uh, here and your family. And I love you, brother, and take care. All right, love you too. Oh, it is so good to connect with friends. And I tell you, you guys would love, love Kelly and what he does for his community. In fact, I should have mentioned this before we let him go. He knows about this. He's a big listener to the podcast. It's been a fantastic uh, opportunity. Um to work with a guy named Tim Cruikshank, uh, the founder and CEO of Bonefrog Coffee, a uh, 25-year Navy veteran, Navy SEAL. He, I should have told Kelly about this. <laughs> They've all spent a lot of time, a lot of time in the water. Um, and well, Kelly will hear this. So, Kelly, I should have told you about this. There are big changes coming uh, for Bonefrog. They have a retail outlet. That's going to be launching early next year. I'll tell you about that. It's that's such a cool deal. And I, I, I want to thank you really for being part of the growth of this company. Uh, I wanted this to happen so much because of who Tim is and because of what Tim, you know, what he did for us. So definitely the Navy SEAL thing is a big deal, but also because he's building a company based upon quality. I'm telling you, it is easy. It's easy for guys like Cruikshank, given what he's done in his bio, to build junk product and slap their names on it. He won't do it. The coffee stands on its own. So here's my request for you. We're very near the blessed day of Christmas. If you are already a subscriber to Bonefrog, thank you. 
Have you checked out the merchandise at bonefrog.us? It's stellar. Have you thought about giving some of the coffee, some coffee to friends of yours who love the military or who served or spe- uh, 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 very much so if they were in special forces of any kind, special operations, they'll get it. Or people who just love coffee and love God because every package says God, country, team. That's at bonefrog.us. If you've tried the coffee and you've not yet subscribed, give yourself the presents. You got a spouse that loves coffee? Give them the present of subscribing to the coffee from bonefrog at bonefrog.us. And you get 5% off lifetime there. And if you haven't yet tried it, give me a Christmas present. (laughs) Wait, don't do that. Don't do that. Think of it this way. Um, Give 10% of the proceeds to the families of fallen Navy SEALs. 10 times more important than Herman. So try the coffee at bonefrog.us. That's the website that our team has built together, Tim and I. So we're sure we're square with one another. Bonefrog.us. We continue to talk about things we can do. It's almost axiomatic that we conservatives complain about politics in media. And how come they're all liberal? What if we started to support entertainers who aren't liberal? So you guys are going to remember, I did a music review of a song called Anxiety, and it goes like this. anxiety cause I ruin other people and the planet maybe it's why I'm so upset why I always feel inside of my element maybe I feel the butterfly effect or the people I affect by what I own I know that it's wrong but I keep buying the products the chain is supplying I reach for the pills because my heart has had too much. I know that it's wrong, but I keep buying. Well, wouldn't you know it's the artist, the writer, the singer, my friend Abby London joins us on the Todd Herman Show. Love that song. Abby, welcome to the program and just thank you for sharing God's gifts with us. Thanks for having me, Todd. Yeah. Uh, I said to you, I think once uh, I met you uh shattered at our events uh i did a live event in seattle and i was saying that that song strikes me as not completely autobiographical it seems that maybe you're writing about the society of people uh who really think they're poisoning the planet but the more i listen to it uh, i'm curious is it a mix of autobiography and, and biographies of other people yeah so it started out i was singing maybe you have anxiety and trying to take a look at well, and, and then I went to this songwriting group and they were like, that sounds really hostile and you need to just flip the perspective and sing it from an eye perspective. The song I've worked on for probably 12 years. So it really morphed a lot. It's more about taking personal responsibility for what could be causing your anxiety instead of blaming others, waiting for corporations to change things, fix things, government, it's looking at individually, what can, what can I do? Wow. But you totally the character piece part of it. Yeah. Wait a minute. So you mean actual self-responsibility, actually turning to self and not uh, waiting to be rescued from uh, the, uh, the very important authorities. Correct. Yeah. That's not a popular view in music. 
It's not. And most people don't pick up on it. They think the song's about climate change or something. <laughs> so that, I've been so curious about your career that way, because um, you don't make any bones about it. Your website, um, and uh, that's linked in the show notes, by the way, Abby's website and places to buy her songs are linked. Uh, I'd, and if you go to her website, you can sample it and learn about her dates. And she's got some parody stuff up there that's very funny. And But you thread this needle, and I think you do a very clever job of it, because I could see people liking that song going home and saying, oh yeah, this, this lady's really into stopping climate change. And I listen to that and I'm getting this sense of irony from it. Um, so is that a conscious thing to thread the needle? Yes, it is. Okay. And your yeah. website makes no bones about the fact that your music is introspective and political pop. So when you perform, do other performers ask you about politics or do they just make this assumption since you've got a, you have a nice little, uh, um, what do you call it? It's not an earring because it's in your eye, eyelash, a lash ring. ring. <laughs> <laughs> so do they just assume that you're part of the, the leftist tribe? Not so much anymore. I call myself a recovering leftist. Yeah. I definitely was a leftist. Yeah. And that's when I was out more performing in Seattle and with the same kind of people that thought like that. And since the shutdowns, I started being involved in the freedom community. Yeah. And so the events that I've done have been around around that. Yeah. You're wearing a freedom-oriented shirt, Uncle Sam's shirt. What's it say? Are you caught up in hysteria? Okay, because we're <laughs> going to talk about that song as well. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love, there's a very clever little line you throw into this, and we'll play a sample of that in the new song, Off the Grid. Um, you've achieved something that I think is difficult uh, for developing artists, is that in the first four bars of your music, I would say, that's Abbey London. So uh, how did you get that? Like what's, what's involved in creating a sound you own? Like there's like, I can hear, uh, I can hear a, a Pete Townsend guitar. Like, that's Pete Townsend. Um, I can hear the way that you um, engineer uh, and produce your music uh, and layer it. I can say that's Abby. So how do you achieve that? I owe a lot of it to my producer. We work together to make the sounds and I think it's getting the song to a point that I like it and I want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. When I first started the anxiety song, it was like, it was just kind of a stressful shuffly type of a beat. Yeah. And I was like, I want an, uh, an oboe on it and this and that. And I was just like piling on this mess of stuff. Yeah. And then I realized I don't like this. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. Then that we shifted gears and started realizing I want electric drums and yeah. Yeah. went from there. Yeah, uh, there's also a phasing you do uh, to your voice later in the song. You talk about advertisers being tricky, and I, I love that you make fun of uh, not being able to communicate well. And in fact, you communicate very well. And we'll get into some of the more music and play another clip here. But let me ask you about this awakening. Um, people describe red pill moments, and um, I don't think um, I don't think I ever got to chat with you when you were still a leftist. But was there a moment? Um, that it just all came to you that, oh my gosh, this is so out of control or what was it? There were a few things. I wouldn't, I, I never voted for a Democrat. I always voted for the independents. Yeah. Like the first person I voted for was Nader. I was always wanted to be against the system and this and that. And I, when I, when Obama was in office, I was 
drinking heavily, using marijuana a lot. So I wasn't really that in touch with reality. But I remember the Obamacare and learning I was going to get fined if I wanted to not have that health insurance. I think that was one. Yeah. And then I've always been skeptical and resistant of mainstream media. And when they were so mean and against Trump, then I started going, well, what is what is he doing and saying that they don't like and why? And I think that is one thing that led me down. Yeah. Where I, where I am. Yeah. yeah. I think that had to be a mind blower for people that's, you know, you'd performed with cause man, um, there is, if there is a more homogeneous and, um, Borg oriented society than, than Seattle music, I don't know what it would be. Uh, I, I, I mean, that had to just blow people's mind that you weren't, uh, you know, starting your hair on fire and jumping off of buildings uh, because of the orange man. So uh, to even, you know, come around to see him as a, as a policymaker had to be a big deal and had to freak people out. Yeah, they just assume that that's that I want to be part of the hating Trump hobby. And, you know, when they started that off, I was just like, that is not a hobby I want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this I don't know that that's a way to lead a fulfilling life necessarily, right? As right. that being your hobby. Um, so we mentioned this other song, and this this I think I know where this is coming from. This is Abby London's uh, song "Hysteria." I think I know where this is coming from. that right there who's controlling you and you sneak that in was that a purposeful decision to sneak it in so that people wouldn't notice it or you know why'd you make the decision to to i don't mean to get into the weeds of production but that's so interesting to me that you just snuck that in that way that needed to be in the song yeah say that again i didn't think i was it in it was a lyric that needed to be in the song yeah yeah, I didn't think I was sneaking it. Oh, okay. No, and I don't think, I mean, I'm not trying to say you stuck in, but the way it's produced, it's, it, yeah, I guess it calls attention to it, but it's like this, this, you know, quick stop. Do you know who's controlling you? My goodness. Um, do people know who's controlling them? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I wonder if I do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good, honest thing. You know, you yeah. you were kind enough uh, before we began talking, um, you know, doing the the recorded interview uh, to to join me in prayer to the Lord Jesus. Um, so I would hope that you are being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Do you do you doubt that? No, but I think it's important to stop and think about it for for a second to yeah. make sure you're not being influenced by something nefarious or demonic oh i couldn't agree more so i think i know where hysteria is coming from um i'm in having listened to i, have, I own the all the songs by the way um mm -hmm. I think it comes from a perspective of media plugging you in. And, and I think of that image. It was a great meme when the COVID lockdowns began. They installed the great reset of stay home, stay afraid. And that, that person, you know, crouched, kneeling, praying to the TV. 
Um, and they were told to stay afraid. I mean, people feared a flu because they were told to fear a flu. Uh, is, am I, am I even close? Well, it could be applied to that, but I ac- ac- I actually wrote it about gun control. You did. Yeah. <laughs> about four and a half years ago, because there would be a school shooting yeah. and I would go, okay, people are going to get online and they're going to say X, Y, Z on Facebook. And then people are going to get all mad underneath in the comments. Yeah. And it just so predictable. Like they were following a script and they didn't even know it. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm reading from the lyrics. Yeah. You were wishing for the end of the world, wishing for the end of the world. So you can make a bunch of money, make a quick buck. You've never feared your rulers. You don't see why they would screw you. Uh, like all you are is money. All you, um, all you had was dumb luck. And I, I got the line about the guns and I got that, but it seemed to be that part of the symptom of that. But okay, that's fascinating. And that's true. And particularly, like, I, I don't know how you continue to feel safe in Western Washington, frankly, being as public as you are. Um, but frankly, that's, that's the most illogical town in the world because they'll ban every high capacity magazine they can, but they will not go confront what is actually gang violence. And everyone over there knows it's gang violence, right? Yeah. 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 And do you feel the shooting at Ingram was, you know, in Seattle was gang related. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. Do you ignored. Do you feel safe over there? I do where I live. I am always armed. Yeah. I I have where where I live is is pretty safe so far. Yeah. The city council's Here's trying to destroy it. I'm in Kenmore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, um, I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that you're always armed and you know how to use those, obviously. Um, hysteria. Who who do you think is most responsible for making people hysterical? If you think about it, and I don't believe there's such a thing as a secular world because God owns everything, but I, I guess people tend to separate things secularly. So who do you think is most responsible for causing fear on a secular basis? I think legacy media. Yeah. Yeah. What's the game? Why are they doing it? Globalization, I would imagine, is the end game. I'm not yeah. completely certain, but yeah. it yeah. seems that way. Uh, I think it is. I mean, it's it's so clearly that they're, they themselves are hysterical. You know, that's the funny thing. There are people in New York media who literally didn't leave their apartments for two years and they Mm -hmm. bragged about that. Right. How did that affect you as a musician being able to tour and make money and 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 have gigs that whole lockdown? Well, I kept trying to schedule stuff that got canceled. Yeah. Then I have a couple of friends with a nice house in Bellevue and we did a show there. And we brought lighting and a sound person, and it was amazing. We It was sold out, and I loved it. Yeah. It was really fun. Do you, how do you, what's the response when you share, um, I assume you share Jesus with friends uh, and with acquaintances. What's the, what's the response to that, um, knowing that you're you know, a pretty well-known musician in Western Washington? What, how do people respond when they find out that you're a discipled, uh, discipled child of God? Well, I, I think you're thinking that I'm around all these people that aren't like that. And I'm not really, yeah. <laughs> most people in my life are, yeah. 
Christian or people of faith in some way or another. Yeah. So if a big record company came along and they scooped you up and you got the deal that you wanted and, and they said, Hey, we're going to get into the Abbey London business, sit on uh, down, dear boy, have a cigar. You're going to go far little pink Floyd. Uh, and you went out and got back into that world of, or, or th- that world at that level, would you be afraid for your soul? Uh, if that happened, if you're about selling out the big halls, et cetera, would that make you afraid? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think I'm at this, the point in my life where I've been through enough and had an, enough struggles and tribulations that I feel strong in yeah. who I am. You mentioned a time when you were drinking and, and using uh, marijuana a lot. What brought you out of that? Well, I therapy somewhat, but the final thing, one of the final steps was, was getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened to my wife. That's exactly what happened to my wife, Abby. That's how she became a teacher. So yeah, yeah, you decided I don't want to be in trouble anymore. You don't have to talk about it, but I think the podcast family would be interested if you want to say, give us a hint what the trouble was, because you don't strike me anymore as a troublemaker, maybe mischievous. You have a mischievous <laughs> yeah. way about you, but what was, uh, what, what, what was the flavor of the trouble? Well, I just had probably one more glass of wine than I should have and tried to drive and got arrested. I did get it reduced down and, but it put me in a nice treatment outpatient place called Shamrock and caused me to learn to think differently. And, um, it was just, it was the final push that, that I needed. God is good. Mm Mm-hmm. God is good. I'm so, um, I feel happy that you view that as change that, that you needed. And I'm certainly glad that you didn't harm anybody or harm yourself. And, and that then makes me think differently about the new song, um, which is called off the grid. And this again from abbylondonmusic.com. it's linked in the show notes and here it is off the grid. I'm afraid to say hey that's a scam when it is I don't say what I'm thinking afraid if I do I won't have any friends Like why we born into a world of paper agreements Why can't we teach the children real history and grow our own plants And live out on our So you really touched me with that one. Uh, first of all, musically, uh, I love the way you slip into that hook. This is a major compliment. Um, so I think the, the greatest uh, post-Beatles pop songwriter in, in my mind is uh, Neil Finn, um, who wrote the songs for Crowded House. Uh, and he has a way of slipping into a hook, and you did it there. 
And I love that. Uh, so musically that just really appeals to me thematically. You know, I'm talking to you from the high mountains of free America. There's 600 people in this entire town. And in our community, there's about 40 and we all know each other. So I'm not necessarily off grid, but, um, tell me about that and how much of that is Abbey London and how much of that is other people that you're writing about. It's about me. It's my my fantasy of a different way of life and what would it be like to be more natural and in community with others, teaching truth, not tied to wires and Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all that. Oh, amen. <laughs> Which you probably struggle with, right? You got to be... Online. Abby, I hate technology. I hate, uh, well, first of all, modern technology is horrible. And don't ever tell me it's great. It's not. Um, and I've told my, my, you know, my daughter that, hey, look, when I retire, and I don't know if your mom's going to want to do this because, you know, my wife may, she may want to have her technology. But for me, it's a, it's a plug-in phone, right? If I can still find a wired phone and my books, maybe I'll pick my guitar back up. You know, I used to play and write songs back in the day, and maybe I'll pick my guitar back up. Got my Bible, my books, my church, and uh, some somewhere I got to have a CrossFit gym. But that's it. I don't need anything else. Um, so you, that really appeals to you. But then, how would you do? Like, how how would you record way off the grid? What would? How would you stay connected to that? It appeals to me, and it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. I just know that I. It's not healthy for my nervous system to be so plugged in. So yeah, I think I, for me, it's more about at this stage in my life anyways, going into airplane mode, not looking at my phone for the first couple hours of the day. Um, yeah, that's something that I, you aspire to. Yeah. Uh, you have a beautiful screensaver. Uh, Lumina is. Yeah, I don't know what, what happened there. What's <laughs> well, so funny? You and I are talking about off the grid, and that's an off the grid picture that just popped up. <laughs> wow! It is just. Uh, yeah, well, I can't see my... you anymore, but that's okay. I can still relate to you through audio. <laughs> like, yeah, you want to go off the grid? Hey, <laughs> there we are. Yeah, you like? I love it. Off the grid. Um, so listen, the show notes contain a link to Abby's website. And if you dig the music, uh, purchase it, right? Support an artist who, um, who is a discipled uh, daughter of the king and not afraid to express herself politically and, um, and write songs that recognize the hysteria of the, uh, the gun-grabbing movement. And I, I love it. Abby, I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. And thanks for playing my music. It's such a treat and you really get it. And it really means a lot to me to understand. Yeah. You get my lyrics. You get me. Well, I've listened to it a bunch and I think that you and I may think alike. Uh, So I don't, you know, I I just think we do that and I'm glad that I get it. So folks, there's the, um, there's the link uh, to the, to the music, uh, buy it, support artists like this. And Abby, you may know that I always wish my uh, guests to go with God's good grace. And so I wish that for you. I wish that for you as well. Thank you. Abby London, abbylondonmusic.com. We're going to talk about my pillow. And then I'm going to tell you, uh, as we wrap this day about a very, very special pillow and how it came to be and what it does at Christmas time and how much I love that pillow. Yeah, it started with pillows, didn't it? It actually started with lack of sleep. 
It actually started with mistakes. It actually started with alcoholism. It actually started with, with drug abuse. It actually started with, with gambling abuse. It started with addiction. It started with falling asleep on people's couches. I didn't mean to say falling asleep. I meant to say passing out. I meant to say a future that should have ended in prison. But God. That's a saying I love. But God. And Mike Lindell will be the first to tell you about it. I mean it. You ever have the pleasure, and I do mean the pleasure, of chatting with Mike Lindell, say, tell me about God. Ask him, what has God done in your life? And he loves telling the story. And God bless him for not being ashamed of who he was. Because as it says in the show, The Chosen, which I happen to like, I was one way, then I was another, and in between was Jesus. So now it's it's a big company, MyPillow.com, and there's a website. It's really cool, by the way, to have a website for this podcast. MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman there. You get big discounts on all MyPillow products. Okay. And now, right now, it's the, it's the towels, and they're new, and they're extraordinary. A towel should be the following. Fluffy and smooth and highly absorbent and big. Check. Now, for other people, they want it in a variety of colors. For me, I'm pretty simple on my colors. I like a, I like a toned down room. And I like other things to be the features in the room, like my gun safe. Actually, my gun safe is a toned down color too in the bedroom at least. And you get six of these. Okay. There are two towels that are highly absorbent made with United States cotton, two hand towels, same, same feel and a washcloth two pack. Now check out the price on this. You get these for $39.98. How much are they regularly? $89.98. So that's more than 50% off. They're luxurious, they're absorbent, and it ends with hygiene, and then you get in bed and you're under my pillow. So try these new towels. It's a great gift for friends. You got kids going to college? Sneak some conservatism into their going to college stuff with some my pillow towels. Again, it's a website they built just for this audience. It's MyPillow.com slash Herman. Use promo code Herman and get that special price we just talked about, but get deep discounts and other products there. So how did a pillow come to be so special? I'll tell you. When my father passed away, and by the way, my mother asked me the other day, are you going to tell a lot of stories about when I die? I said, well, if you die well. I'm kidding. I mean, my father died well. My mom will die well, too. God willing that we get to say goodbye. And I told her, of course, I will talk about your journey. And when my dad died, uh, I'd gone out to his home. And I think I told you my dad became a hoarder. And I think I told you about when we were at Claren at his house. And this is this is after dad had passed. And it was it was really I felt so convicted and sad that I you know, participated in my dad living that way. I, I let him, I mean, he was an adult man. What was I going to do? But uh, as we were cleaning stuff out, I came across a, I just saw it out of the corner of my eye, a newspaper and it had my name in it. And, and I looked at it and said, stop, stop, stop to everybody. Same thing had happened at our grandpa's house. My dad's dad, he was hoarding money. My dad was hoarding memories. I looked at this newspaper and it had a little tiny article about a wrestling match I won. It, was, it wasn't even that article. It was the points. 
So it was the point report that gave a synopsis of the match. And then I thought, okay, that's nice that grab dad saved that. And then I was, I was folding it up to put it away. And on the front, the, 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 what he was saving was I was on the cover of the sports section of, I think it was the, it wasn't the spokesman review, but it was the Chronicle or one of the papers. And I was on the cover pinning this guy. It was a cool picture. I still have it. And then I realized that everywhere there was significance. Dad had hidden these things. And, and because he hated himself so much, he found significance in these other areas and he surrounded them. He surrounded himself with this. And anything to do with us was significant. I get that. I really get that. Um, and I thank God I'm not a hoarder. But I get that significance. Like there is not a place in Western Washington where I've gone with my daughter where I still don't feel it. If I shut my eyes right now, I can smell her hair. I I just did it. I can. If I shut my eyes, I can hear her footsteps. We all have unique ways of walking. Can you tell your family members by the way they walk? When my my daughter walks downstairs... If if I'm if I'm on the second level, I, I can hear it. I can hear it. So my dad he kept these moments in his mind, and he stored them away. Some of them were very significant, like trophies or uh, wrestling awards or pictures. Some of them were not as significant to us. But before he died, I'd said to him, and I thought I was being kind. I said, hey, dad, you know, we're hoping that when you go home, we can get the house cleaned up. So we're going to go out and clean out some of the junk. And he said, junk? There's no junk at my house. Well, he was wrong. I love you, dad. And I know you're in heaven, but you were wrong. And you know that now. There was junk. There was dangerous junk. And then there were memories. So when my dad died... And my mom and he remained good friends despite the divorce. Great friends, in fact, still loved each other. My mom gathered my dad's flannel shirts. Dad, (laughs) like me, dad was not a fashion icon. Where I favor t-shirts, dad favored flannel shirts. And he wore them in his cowboy hats. And sitting behind me in the studio is one of his cowboy hats, the nicer of the two. And as well as his vintage 22s, both of them, old, old, uh, old six shooters. So my mom gathered his flannel shirts and she made for us what became Grandpa Pillow. And Grandpa Pillow are two shirts sewn together. The back is blue flannel. The front is reds and black and gray plaid flannel. And it still has the pockets on it. Uh, Grandma made the decision, my mom when she made these shirts, to not wash the flannel. Eh, that, okay, that might sound gross, but it smelled like my dad. And not in a bad way. I mean, dad was a, he, he cleaned his clothes. He wasn't, he wasn't a dirty man by any regard. To, you know, he washed himself, took care of himself. Um, but it smelled like my dad. And I remember like, you no, shut your eyes if you're not driving. Can you still smell your father? I can't. I can smell my daughter's hair. But I, I can't any longer smell my dad. Uh, if I pick up that pillow and I try real hard after all these years, I can kind of, but I think it's psychosomatic. So I promised my father when he died, my, my children will know you. They will know you before they get to heaven. They're going to know you. 
If you ask my daughter about her grandpa, she knows him. And it's a little bit unfair because grandpa gets to be a hero because he has the advantage of being dead and therefore never has to tell her to do anything or disappoint her. A little unfair. And grandpa pillow. That's where dad gives her gifts. And they've been little gifts throughout the year until in years until she turned 16. 16 was a big deal for my dad. And she got she got a lot of money from dad on that birthday. And it was from my dad. And every Christmas there is something that my dad would want her to have in the pockets of of grandpa pillow. See, we can attach meaning to a lot of things. And what I've attached meaning to is a promise that my daughter will know grandpa. And I know she will know grandpa. And I'm going to tell you this again, because we're so near Christmas. I am going to pledge to you. I'm going to tell you my hand to God. Folks, if you doubt life after death, I'm here to tell you I met my father's soul. I'm here to tell you he was overjoyed. I'm here to share with you, I never expected that moment. It was nothing I could have manifested because I never could have imagined my dad being happy, ever. Moments of happiness? Satisfaction? Yeah. Joy? No. Unbounded joy? Never. That's who he was. That's what his soul conveyed. Unbounded joy. The only regret his soul had was he didn't get to say goodbye to my sister because I couldn't tell him where she was. I'm telling you, there's life after death. I'm telling you, on this Christmas season, we can put meaning in all sorts of things. What meaning are you putting on Christmas? That birth is your invitation. Your invitation to make sure that you and your kids and your loved ones are together again in the presence of the Lord Jesus. That birth is an invitation. It's also a duty once we accept him to make sure as many people as we meet and get to touch virtually or in reality. In other words, emotionally touch or physically touch in a good way. Make it there with us. Merry Christmas to you. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, and be kind.